Hello, this is Daniel Morris. I'm the Senior Investment Strategist at BNP Paribas Asset Management, and welcome to our Market Weekly podcast. This week, I am joined by Guy Davies, who is the CIO of our equities business. This episode, we'll be discussing developments over the last week in the markets, and particularly around coronavirus and the impact on the markets. And then Guy will elaborate on how his team, the equity portfolio managers, are investing, looking for opportunities, hopefully avoiding pitfalls, uh, and will continue to be quite challenging times. As for the markets over the last week or so, I first want to reiterate our, our view from BNP Paribas Management, which is that this is no time to be selling risky assets. We are looking for opportunities, taking advantage of those opportunities. Markets will recover. Uh, and we're looking to add risk in equities and in credit. If we think about this signpost, though, that we're evaluating to determine how far along we should go, uh, the key news over the last week has been, on one hand, potential relaxation or at least discussion of relaxation of some of the restrictions, uh, for example, in Austria. But on the other hand, and this is probably even more important, to be honest, uh, reimposition of some restrictions, say, in Hong Kong and Singapore. And we need to think carefully about uh, and watch what happens in China and other parts of Asia, since they are ahead of us in terms of the evolution of the crisis, and will give us a signal of how quickly things can return to whatever normal turns out to be. Uh, and another thing to keep in mind is this resumption of, of somewhat normal activity depends upon the ability of countries to do extensive testing, and it's not clear that many countries have that capacity. So I think anticipates volatility and uh, pitfalls ahead. I don't think we have the all clear signal quite yet. Uh, on the other hand, the other thing we're watching are additional fiscal and monetary measures, support for the economy, support for the markets. Uh, we've realized there are inevitably the bureaucratic hurdles, companies and households not getting necessarily the support they need as soon as they need it, but hopefully these things will be resolved quickly. That said, the U.S. is discussing further stimulus. Again, hopefully that support gets there sooner rather than later. Whereas in Europe, unfortunately, the U.S. has still been unable to agree on providing further stimulus for some of the hardest hit countries, particularly Italy and Spain. Uh, and that's been disappointing. We're still cautiously optimistic that hopefully before the holiday, they'll be able to come to some sort of agreement and provide the support that certainly is desperately needed. Finally, an update on the economic indicators that we've received over the last week. On um, one hand, business sentiment remains very negative. Uh, but the good news is that the real economic figures, for example, industrial production, which shows you know, when activity is actually taking place, has actually come in better than expected. So at least so far, not quite so bad. Uh, but certainly the numbers for April aren't going to be particularly encouraging. Last point to make as we try to get our heads around uh, the impact on the economy of this crisis, uh, depending on what estimates you take for GDP growth in the second, third, and fourth quarters, and there's a wide, wide range of those estimates, you nonetheless may end up with about a 4% decline in GDP in a year, which actually turns out to be similar to what you got with the global financial crisis. It ended up being about a 4% fall in GDP. Now, the advantage, perhaps, or at least one positive aspect this time, is we do have a much quicker response to the crisis and much more significant fiscal and monetary support, which may explain why the markets uh, have not declined as much as they did during the global financial crisis, even though the fall in GDP uh, might be about the same. 
So with that, now I'm going to turn it over to our expert. So we we'll hopefully get some real insight into what's going on. Uh, so Guy, my first question to you, we've seen a pretty strong bounce actually in equity markets over the last couple of weeks. Uh, that said, I don't think any of us really imagine this is all over and there's nothing more to worry about. So the question is, how is your team managing what remains a very challenging and very volatile environment? Well, great. Thanks, Daniel. Um, and uh, good morning to everyone, um, wherever you're listening. Uh, I hope you're all uh, very well, uh, your families are well, and friends too. Um, a quick note, I guess, before we get started, to say that our teams, um, be they in, in Asia, Europe, or the States, are uh, fully operational, working well, and are super well connected. Within equities, as we mentioned last time, um, our team heads uh, meet for I know, between 30 to 60 minutes every day. And from a personal perspective, um, I'm now reaching the end of my, my third week, as, as many of us within the firm are, of working remotely. And apart from a slightly greener view of the world from my window here, I wouldn't know the difference, which you know, I think is, is great. Now, turning to, to markets and, and your, your question, Daniel, um, in the interest of, of context and for a bit of color, um, given that we're through the first quarter, um, a super quick sort of roundup. Um, first three months, as we know, were, were a horror show for markets, uh, particularly relative to the more sanguine expectations that we had uh, entering the year. Significant stock markets reached record highs as recently as Feb, which you know, clearly seems like a, a, an, an eternity away. Since then, the scale of moves resulting from the virus have been unprecedented and, um, and hard to exaggerate. Wall Street stocks dropped into bear market uh, at the fastest pace ever, ending the quarter 20% lower, and that includes the rally of 15%. The pullback was indiscriminate in its early phase, market sentiment favoring quality, which, albeit not the leading factor, being bond proxies, quality outpaced cyclicals uh, ahead of a bear market rally into month end. Uh, led by those stocks that have fallen the most. Worth noting at the moment that, you know, from our perspective, leverage appears to have been sort of mostly cleared out of the market, making the market much cleaner, which I think is positive. Oil was a standout. Um, Brent crude falling further than the third that it dropped uh, during October 2008. And aside from oil, um, implied volatility hit record highs before fading into uh, the end of the quarter and has continued to fade a little bit, but the VIX remains at an elevated level uh, relative to uh, a quarter end of 55, relative to 14 at the beginning of the year. So with all that in mind, what have we been doing? As mentioned when we last spoke, we've been using volatility to increase the return potential of our funds and, and our client portfolios. Uh, mindful of, of identifying problem areas and uh, clearly, we can expect corporate stress over the coming months, as, as demonstrated by uh, widening spreads in credit. By way of example, we've had a particular focus on a couple of names within uh, the global concentrated portfolio that I'm very much involved in uh, that have higher leverage. Uh, we've had multiple calls with management over the last month, as well as stress testing different scenarios. And those have made us confident that we can continue to hold these names despite seeing continued volatility. And this is something that we've been doing across our book of, of business and across our strategies. So we're really stress testing those areas we feel you know, offer a little bit more risk uh, to try and get comfortable to make sure that we're on top of, of the underlying cases. Trading has been focused, again, as we said last time. In addition to upgrades and volatility, 
We've looked to improve uh, the liquidity profile of certain strategies. And in some areas, and in some, and this is, this is you know, a critical point, some areas we've started to consider adding some more cyclical names. Great. Thanks, Guy. Uh, there's a famous quote from, from Warren Buffett, uh, which is, only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. And certainly we've seen the tide go out pretty dramatically with this crisis. Perhaps the additional challenge for us now as investors is we can't necessarily see as clearly as we might hope. So how are you thinking about, on one hand, support from governments and central banks, and on the other hand, a real lack, I imagine, of earnings visibility? Well, yeah, it's, look, it's, it's a good question. And I think there's scope for a number of investors to be caught embarrassed, perhaps. But you know, COVID-19 is a health crisis, first and foremost. The measures that have been put in place to combat the pandemic have created a financial crisis, which to some degree has been become through the actions by central banks, monetary authorities and governments, as we know, have been well documented. Those measures do have significant implications for companies and stock prices. So to your point about, you know, Mr. Buffett's his quote, you know, there are doubtless bargain hunters seeking to re-risk. And, you know, why not? But making assumptions on company earnings is tough, even with, you know, properly documented thorough analysis and debate, which is what we do within our teams. There are a myriad of different estimates in terms of how earnings will be impacted over the next, you know, 12 months, two years. And indeed, you've said that from a GDP perspective. But you know, estimates that, that a 1% decline in real GDP could result in a fall of 25 to 30% of EPS growth. I guess the questions, the more pertinent questions rather than the specific numbers, because there's a lot of range there, is, you know, is the market pricing this in? And when will the market stop focusing on near-term recession and start focusing on recovery? Earnings growth longer term, we are long-term investors. Earnings growth to 2021 will be the critical uh, period in terms of gauging the impact of the pandemic long term. Now, where we are at the moment, Q1 earnings season kicks off next week with a range of names, but some big financials. This is going to be interesting. So in the States, we've got Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, United Health, which is one of the names we own in, in uh, the global portfolio. You know, how are these companies coping with the additional burden of COVID-19? And you'll also note uh, that a number of what well, many companies have withdrawn guidance. And so in the absence of guidance, you know, an example being McDonald's yesterday, in the absence of, of guidance, the market's going to be increasingly volatile with you know, participants grabbing hold of the smallest piece of information and, and moving forward on that basis. So volatility, I would say, but you know, it really reinforces the importance of proper, thorough, uh, fundamental research and being on top of the, of the investments that, that you hold. I would think that in that environment, differentiation is, is pretty crucial. And, and as an aside, I would think it's also or should be a pretty good environment for active management as you try to, to make those differentiations between the companies. What are the factors that you're keeping in mind as you try to uh, determine where the opportunities are and try to avoid what might be value traps? Well, I, I would agree with that entirely, Daniel. You know, I, I think this is a fantastic time for uh, active management. More concentrated portfolios will carry more uh, volatility with them, relative volatility. But, you know, again, you know, through this period when we've seen market, market falls, 
kind of reinforces, again, the importance of the value of the portfolio rather than necessarily the value of the index. So, yeah, from our perspective, looking at markets, you know, sure, a bounce back is, is possible, uh, continued volatility likely. But for me, there's real comfort in holding, you know, good quality companies, manageable debt, generating free cash flow, um, ideally trading at a discount to history. These type kind of companies offer a superb investment opportunity for those able to see through market gyrations, which we will have over the next year, 12 months. You know, it's, it's, uh, we're moving into uh, an unknown to some degree. But as many of you are aware, you know, we manage a range of strategies by region, by market cap, industry. Uh, and whilst there are differences in style, by and large, our portfolios are biased towards quality. And these are the kind of names, in my view, uh, that both offer a fantastic opportunity and also the kind of names that you want to own through volatile periods that we're moving, you know, continue to move through. Great. Thanks very much, guys. So allow me to recap what we've discussed uh, in this podcast. Number one, our message is uh, no time to sell risky assets. We're looking to add opportunities in UK equities, Eurozone and emerging markets, global commodities and credit. So that's where we're hunting. Guy's view, number one, is for them, they're using this volatility to increase the return potential of their portfolios. Uh, Also, this really uh, is uh, what should be in an ideal environment for active management. And so we're being very active to take advantage of that. Uh, In terms of criterion, though, what we're looking for, quality is key. So we're looking for good quality companies with manageable debt, generating free cash flow, but that are trading at a discount to history. Thank you very much for joining us. If you have any further questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact and take care. Thank you. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.